We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome into another edition of Inside the Clubhouse alongside my friend Bruce Levine. Mike Esposito in for Matt Spiegel today. Good morning, Bruce. Mike, uh, it's great to have you with us uh, today. And, uh, yeah, Spiegs enjoys a little bit of family respite, and he'll be back next week. But uh, we have a great show lined up today, including uh, Chicago Cub uh, legend and broadcaster here on The Score, Pat Hughes joining us. Jim Bowden from MLB Network will be joining us also. Your calls always welcome here at 312-644-6767. Text Mike at 6711. We'll read all that's worthy on the air. And it is a big week uh, going up toward the winter meetings next Sunday. Uh, activity expected for both the Cubs and Sox. We'll talk to you about it for the next hour and a half. After us today, a big football game on the score, Ohio State and Michigan today. Always a good one. This hour brought to you by Cars for Kids. Call 1-877-CARS-4-KIDS. And inside the clubhouse, brought to you by Max and Benny's, the top deli restaurant and bakery in Chicagoland. They invite you to what they call soup season at their North Shore location. While most of the winter, Max and Benny's invite you to the soup fest Matzo ball, chicken noodle, crepe locks, sweet and sour cabbage, a different veggie soup seven days a week, Max and Benny's checklist, the best deli, no doubt, the best full restaurant without question, the best full bakery, you bet. Max and Benny's has a uniquely special new meeting and special event area. They can accommodate 50 to 200 people, parties, celebrations, meetings. Max and Benny's is your catering king. Ask for John at maxandbenny's.com for great deals. Complete dinner seven days a week. 4 to 9 p.m. Skirt steak, chicken, the freshest fish in Chicagoland, 30 minutes from downtown, 30 minutes from the Wisconsin border. Max and Benny's in Northbrook, where the corned beef sandwiches are piled as high as a Chicago skyscraper. And uh, today, I don't think we can see any of them downtown here. <laughs> no, the weather it still looks like it's midnight out there, Mike. The weather outside is frightful, as the song goes. But, but we, we will... keep it warm in here for you. That's right. We will make your baseball talk delightful and. And our, our listeners, as always, are on point. Our first text of the day at 67011, Bruce, asking about Addison Russell and the possibility of him being DFA'd, and that is coming up this week, the decision. And, and that is where we wanted to start. Uh, start. Um, at 670thescore.com, I wrote a story uh, yesterday you can find on the Internet at our website uh, talking about the pros and cons of Addison Russell staying with the team. So December 2nd is Monday. That is the day that teams have to offer all their arbitration-eligible players, actually all their 40-man roster players, contracts. And um, at that point, uh, they are on the hook for their contracts May up until maybe March, the second week of March. And at that point, 
they can non-tender again for one-sixth of the pay. Now, Russell, who served the first 28 days of uh, the 2019 season, suspended from the 40-game suspension for the um, you know situation he had with his wife and MLB rules uh, dictating that suspension. Um, so he had 12 days in 2018, 28 days the first part of 2019. And then he came back and he was slowly uh, integrated into the, uh, the system again by Joe Madden. It didn't work out great. No, Mike. Um, he lost his shortstop job. Uh, Javier Baez became the everyday shortstop and one of the best in baseball. So he had to go back and learn second base all over again. And uh, there were decisions made both uh, in the field and on the bases that impacted games in June and July to the point by the end of July, the Cubs sent him back to the minor leagues. Uh, and he didn't come back until rosters were expanded in September. At that time, he played uh, not a lot. Um, the choice between him, David Bodie, and then Nico Horner called up uh, turned out to be Nico Horner most of the time at shortstop. So at this point, where he made $4.3 million in 2019, uh, his number will be about $5.1 million in 2020. Is it time that they say goodbye to him? Or is he still a valuable asset that they can either, either A, back up second base and shortstop and hopefully regain some of his skills, or B, used in a trade before spring training ends? Yeah, I don't know that the trade value is there. And I think, and you just mentioned two names that, kind of make him expendable in both Bodie and Nico Horner. If you're going to have those guys at as backup options in that middle infield, what your second base option is going to be heading into the season, you know, that's a big question. They used a million second basemen last year. Ben Zobrist is out of contract now. So you've got, you got a lot of moving parts at that position there, but you have two guys in Horner and Bodie who can fill it. And at 5.1 or 5.2, whatever that number winds up being, that's, that's an expensive piece, especially if he's not going to play every day. Here's the thing. He's going to play at age 27, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, I think it's actually 26. He's still a r- really young guy. Back in 2016, he was the National League's starting shortstop for the All-Star game. Yep. He was an impactful player with 21 home runs and 95 RBI for the Cubs. His 53 RBIs at Wrigley Field led the team at home in that very memorable, you know, memorable year. So from all of that, you still have a very athletic middle infielder who arguably certainly still has throwing issues because of the uh, lack of um, flexibility in his shoulder, uh, but still covers as much ground as anybody in baseball. Is there still value in him, Mike, to other teams that – when we I talk about a trade, I'm not talking about Addison Russell being the primary player, mm-hmm. but in a bundle, sure, uh, for uh, somebody else. And we're we're assuming by all the uh, conversation that we've had with Theo Epstein and the Cubs in the off season that trades are going to be a part, a big part of their off season. If I, that's the case, you know, is it worth the gamble to hold on to him for now? Uh, and we will find that out by Monday afternoon. 
Yep, we'll we'll have that decision. And it's it, the frustrating thing I know for Cubs fans is because he showed such promise and he was such a huge part, as you just mentioned, of that World Series team and then has had regression since then. The off-the-field stuff has been well-documented. The on-the-field stuff, the, the base running and, and errors last year that yeah. That really, and not not only were they errors, but they were mental mistakes. Yeah, they were that, throwing to the wrong spot or not throwing to the right spot. That was spot. a troubling, you know, yeah. in, in one uh, game in July before he was demoted, I think it was a few days before, maybe four or five days before, there was a play that he made um, toward home rather than first base, yep. uh, cost an out, eventually, uh, I think it was Pittsburgh ended up winning that game mm-hmm. in the ninth inning because of... Uh, uh, the decision, uh, his base running decisions were bad. He's never been, he's always been a a, a halfway decent base runner speed-wise. Mm-hmm. Decision-making-wise, not so great. So uh, all of this has changed, uh, you know, the the way that they look at Addison Russell. Now we saw the White Sox last week part with the gold glove second baseman in Sanchez, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. that was, that was kind of shocking in its own way, but... This year, Mike, it seems that guys who are going to arbitration that are making more than the position is worth to those teams are cutting bait, you know, because, you know, Sanchez uh, was going to make somewhere around $6 million this year. And for a guy with an OPS under 700 and no pop in the bat, even though he was a great second baseman, uh, they felt that they had no choice but to to non-tender at this point. And he enjoyed dumping Gatorade bottles on himself. That, no, that was I mean, helpful. He, look, he's a terrific uh, guy to have on a team. He's yes, a, he is. He's a very excellent utility player, can play solid third base or second base, arm a little short to play shortstop, but can play there in a pinch. That was his natural position coming up in, in the minor leagues. So from all of that, Mike, um, you know, we're going to see guys um, – Jackie um, Bradley Jr. with Boston, okay? Mm-hmm. 21 home runs, I think about 60 RBIs, and going to make $11 million as his number in arbitration, okay? Uh, Boston, like a lot of teams, are looking to dump salary. Um, you know, there are other players just like this right now who have outkicked their coverage as far as what the economics are worth to that particular team. They're still valuable players. Jackie Bradley Jr. is one of the best center fielders in baseball. Great in the outfield, yep. But uh, is he worth 11 or $12 million to the Red Sox? Can they make a trade uh, before, you know, can they, can they uh, so they that they don't have to pay him that, can they make a trade that makes sense uh, before that? So, from from all these things, you're going to see some surprise guys that are going to be cut loose on Monday by their teams. Bradley has never hit for average. He has some pop in his bat, and he's great in the outfield. Uh, 21 and 62, Bruce, for last year. Join the score in Dos Equis today from 2 to 4 for a college football appearance at Jesse Oaks and Gages Lake. Watch the games, win score prizes, and enjoy Dos Equis. Dos Equis, keep it interessante. Uh, you also have, Bruce, uh, a few minor moves by the Cubs. And we'll get to the Sox, too, very, very much so in the next segment. Uh, you wrote a piece about a free agent pitcher that they might be interested in uh, earlier this week on 670thescore.com. And, of course, they've made uh, two free agency moves uh, already. But the Cubs with, with a few minor moves. And that would be a Zach Wheeler that Zach, we were talking correct. about. 
Uh, left-handed pitcher C.D. Pelham from Texas, right-handed pitcher Jarrell Cotton from Oakland are two guys that the Cubs have either claimed or traded for in the last 10 days to two weeks. Yeah, DFA guys uh, from other clubs that have big arms and also uh, big issues as far as command goes. Uh, just part of the depth that they're trying to add to their 40-man rosters as we go toward uh, December 2nd, as we said, which is the day for arbitration. You have to offer all your arbitration players contracts. And the Rule 5 draft uh, on uh, December the 12th at the end of the winter meetings where any, excuse me, Mike, any guys who are uh, on your uh in your minor leagues that are uh, six-year players that aren't uh, on the 40-man roster are eligible to be picked up in the Rule 5 draft by other teams. Got to protect those guys. 312-644-6767 or 67011 uh, via text. Let's uh, jump out to the phones real fast, Bruce. We've got uh, Mike on Michigan Avenue. He'd like to talk to us here inside the clubhouse. Good morning, Mike. Morning, guys. Uh, Bruce, uh, while we're talking about arbitration eligible and things, I saw that this Eloy is uh, going down to the Winter Leagues to learn how to play left field. To what extent are the Sox going to look at somebody other than Adam Engel who can play center field, assuming that Eloy is going to be a bad fielder for the near term? How would you like uh, it to be your shortstop as your next center fielder? How would How would you feel about Tim Anderson being... Uh, the next great outfielder who actually has been playing shortstop for them over the last uh, four years. I raised that with you at Max and Benny's two years ago, but I'm not sure. He he wasn't able to learn shortstop. I think you're really going to mess him up at this point. The time to transfer him to center field would have been maybe three years ago. I think it's a good point, and and thanks for your call. Uh, You know, Mike, uh, the athleticism of Tim Anderson is off the chart. Mm Mm-hmm. Sean Dunstan, who is a very similar comp uh, for his career with the Chicago Cubs, tremendous athleticism, a huge arm, just like Anderson's. And when Larry Himes, the general manager of the Cubs in the uh, early 90s, went to Dunstan, he said, Sean, we want to extend your career by four years and uh, take the uh, stress off of playing shortstop from you and put you in center field. We've seen you go for a fly balls. We think you would be a Willie Mays type outfielder. And he said, no. I said, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm a shortstop. That's who I am. And Sean told me um, five years later when he was playing outfield for the San Francisco right. Giants that that was the biggest mistake that he ever made in his career, uh, that he would have been a better player, more productive, and that uh, – they were right. And I, I just look at Anderson and I, I, you know, athletically, he's terrific at shortstop. He makes big plays in, in left field with that huge arm. But the common play for him is difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, his feet seem to, you know, not always, he can not always have that same crow step to uh, first base on the common play. So I look at a guy with a huge arm that could play center field or right field for the White Sox, and the White Sox could put their money toward a guy like D.D. Gregorius as their shortstop and accomplish better defense at shortstop, better defense in the outfield, and another left-handed bat with some pop in Gregorius uh, as the uh, addition to the balance of what the White Sox are looking for in the offseason. Do you think, Bruce, that this is 
Now, I know we, we've bandied about this on this show, and as our caller said, I mean, this is a several years running debate. Is Tim Anderson better served in the outfield? Is there a real chance that they might actually try to work him into that outfield, do that you think? No. No. <laughs> he, uh, this, doesn't, he doesn't want it? Is this it is, this no, his? this is my opinion. And uh, we'll talk to Jim Bowden about it because Jim Bowden, when he was a general manager for the Reds um, and Washington, went for the most athletic guys with mm-hmm. the biggest upside ath- athletically. And then they've worried about positionally where the guy would play. Mm-hmm. So uh, Jim Bowden from MLB Radio will join us at 930. Pat Hughes, Cubs great broadcaster, will join us at 10 o'clock. But uh, the point, Matt, is that no matter how good you are, and I think the White Sox are going to be much better in 2020 than 2019, uh, they're going to add some pitching, and and I think the division is going to come back to them as well. Um, you have to have a strong structure of defense up the middle. You have to have a, a solid catcher, which they've addressed mm-hmm. in the four-year deal to Grandel. You have to have uh, outstanding shortstop and second baseman. You're going to have a rookie second baseman by the second week in April, in Nick Madrigal. Okay, so his defense is probably going to be really good. Um, uh, might not be quite. What it was was Sanchez was, but I think eventually he'll get there. You have Anderson at short, and then you're looking for Luis Robert probably to play center field, a rookie. So you have two rookies in those, uh, you know, that big diamond position of second base, shortstop, center field, and catcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I mean, they could be one in two in the race for rookie of the year if everything works out right for the White Sox. That would be a, a, a nice thing to have, but. What I'm saying is, Mike, uh, you, you have to have a strong defense to be able to be a 90-plus win team and, and do that consistently. We need to take a quick timeout. I have Nick Madrigal questions for you, Bruce. Uh, I have Zach Wheeler questions for you when we get back. Uh, and as Bruce just mentioned, Jim Bowden, the uh, former GM of both Washington and Cincinnati and MLB Radio, will join us at 930. 312-644-6767. Text Mike at 67011. In addition to Jim, Pat Hughes at the top of the 10 o'clock hour. You want to stick around for that? It's... Inside the clubhouse here on 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Night 27 on 670 to score. Back on Inside the Clubhouse. Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito here with you till 1030 today. Pat Hughes later in the show. Jim Bowden coming up momentarily here, Bruce. We uh, we have a lot to talk about here as far as the winter meetings coming up for the Cubs and White Sox. White Sox got certainly a, a big head start on everybody by 
getting Grandal signed to that uh, contract and Abreu uh, re-up for three years as well. So that that's a, that's an interesting part of what the White Sox want to do. The Cubs uh, generally are looking in a lot of different directions right now, and they are certainly working hard to talk to people about trades or talking to people about free agents. They're talking most importantly to their own players about getting them wrapped up. Uh, Javier Baez, an agent, is supposed to sit down and talk to the Cubs at length at the winter meeting starting next Sunday in San Diego about a long-term contract. Getting their own players solidified as to where they're at with most of the Bigfoot players having only two years left before they become free agents is really essential to the offseason and the future of the Chicago Cubs, not just this year, but... Um, many years to come as far as who they have contract control over. Join the score in Dos Equis today from 2.30 to 4.30 for a college football appearance at Manny's Ale House in Elmhurst. Watch the games, win score prizes, and enjoy Dos Equis. Dos Equis, keep it interessante. And Bruce, the the uh, Chris Bryant uh, decision, whatever you want to call it, on the service time thing is coming too. That could play a big part yeah. into what the Cubs decide to do. You're right, Mike, but we don't know when. Right. Uh, there, there's no timetable there for, I mean, it was heard in um, late October, uh, you know, Bryant and Boris and his lawyers and uh, the the Cubs uh, sat down with the arbitrator and discussed this issue, a uh, decision which could be, uh, you know, changing the entire, you know, complex of what it is as far as six-year free agency goes uh, from from now on as far as the contract control and when you bring somebody up could happen if this arbitrator decides to go against the grain and decide for Bryant and his, uh, his agent that uh, they indeed think that uh, he was messed with. I doubt that that's going to happen, but uh, the Cubs are still on hold uh, not knowing whether they have them for five years or, or six or, or one more year, two more years. Bottom of the hour brought to you by Northwestern Basketball. Join Northwestern Basketball at the new Welsh Ryan Arena this season. Home opponents include Michigan State, Michigan, Purdue, and more. Season and single game tickets to see Chicago's Big Ten team on sale now at nusports.com. Let's get some expert opinion on that last thought. Bruce, uh, joining us now on the Alpamani Ford Hotline, Alpamani Ford in Melrose Park. Jim Bowden of MLB Radio, also CBS Sports, HQ, and Fantasy Alarm joins us on Inside the Clubhouse. And Jim, good morning to you. Happy holidays. And we are wondering uh, where the Chicago Cubs stand uh, going into the winter meeting starting a week from tomorrow. How do you uh, define what's going on with them and uh, how they approach this offseason? Well, Bruce and Mike, first of all, happy holidays. Great to be back on your show. Always love it. Um, Cubs, uh, the way I would, the word I would use is transition. Uh, transition period here into the, the next wave of building a championship team. And I think certainly uh, bringing in David Ross and, and I'm not going to say starting over, but really starting in a different direction to try to get there a different way. is certainly what they're, they're starting to do here. And it's going to be fun to watch what Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer are able to do here over the next month or so. You know, one of the things that's extremely evident and clear is that, you know, they, they would like to extend Javier Baez and they began those conversations and that's going to be key. They're waiting on the arbitration uh, decision on Bryant, which affects them 
in a lot of different ways. Number one, they're open to trading the player, and the, the, the trade value completely changes depending upon if he's a free agent in one year or two years. Um, but I think this is a team that is going to look to try to do things a little bit differently. Or, or what I'm understanding from other GMs, they've been very active in their discussions early on. Yeah, and Jim, the, looking at this roster, and this has been uh, a roster, at least with the core, that's been very stable. Your 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 core guys, the build-around guys that the Cubs have had since the World Series and even the year before that, it's been the same guys. And now, as you just mentioned, a lot of these guys, maybe with the exception of Baez and with the exception of Anthony Rizzo, are are open. Are they available for trade if the Cubs can find a deal that they like to help restock and rebuild? Uh, that's a big change for this team. It definitely is a big change. And, you know, when they won that world championship, they tried their best to try to keep it, keep the window open with that group as long as they possibly could. And then when this season ended, I, it was very clear to Theo that, look, this wasn't going to work and we can't keep trying to figure out winning with the same group. So, yeah, change is beginning here, but I will caution everyone. This is a really difficult market to do trades. Um, we have the strongest group of GMs we've ever had in the industry. We have the smartest group of GMs we've ever had. And I had a conversation with Andrew Friedman, the president of the Los Angeles Dodgers, two days ago. And he told me how difficult the trade market has come more than ever before because you're, you're you know, trying to do deals with people that are – as smart or smarter than you are. And so to do deals is probably more difficult now than it's ever been because of that. He also said, you know, the way people evaluate talent, the way the game has changed, there's not a lot of teams that are, are not evaluating players in a similar fashion. So the days of one club, maybe not valuing a player as much as the other club, that gap has been closed dramatically, which makes trade that much more difficult. Jim Bowden joining us for a few more minutes on Inside the Clubhouse. He does such a great job on the front office every Friday and Sunday with Jim Duquette. On Friday, also, Mike Farron joins them. But it's it's a, a not-to-miss show on XM, Sirius XM, uh, on, uh, on the MLB radio network. Uh, Jim, uh, the Chicago White Sox uh, adding – Let's say that they, they are um, successful in adding Wheeler and successful in adding a left-handed bat of some significance for the outfield. How do you look at their ability to catch up to the Indians and, more importantly, to Minnesota? And will that, will that division and the American League itself come back to more reality, having less 100-win teams and more teams uh, that are competitive in the next couple of years, changing the whole dynamic. I definitely think that's going to be the case. And the White Sox are already my pick for the surprise team of 2020. Sure, a lot has to go right, but they're in that position, right? They're in the position where they're ready to blow up. Now, a lot of things have to work in that rotation, but I, I think Lewis Roberts is going to be the rookie of the year in the American League. I love this player. Uh, when you finally see my prospect list, while the world is going to put Wander Franco one, I'm going to put Lewis Robert one on my list. Uh, I, I think there's just an endless upside. I don't think there's a ceiling for what he's capable of doing. Um, I thought the Grandel signing was significant, uh, especially because we don't have robot umpires, and his ability right. to frame and steal strikes is so good for young pitchers, right? because it allows Lucas Giolito and Lopez and Kopech when he comes back and Dylan Cease and Kobe and the rest of these guys 
to understand that you can expand the zone and you, you're going to get some strikes stolen. And that's, that really helps with confidence in young pitchers and living on the black and maybe getting trying to expand the zone more often. Uh, you're going to expand the zone more often when your catcher is getting you strikes out there. It just is the way it is. So to develop a young staff, that's significant. The other thing is, you know, Grandel said 22 homers a year for four straight years. And what I love about uh, Yasmani in the lineup is I felt like the White Sox had to get another lefty hitter, switch hitter with Moncada in the middle of that group of right-hand hitters. Right. Uh, you know, in the middle of a Abreu and Eloy Jimenez and Lewis Robert and, and this, this group that they have. So I think the balance of the lineup is better. The pitching staff got better with Grandel. You got more consistent power there. It, it's just set up in such a great way. I hope they don't stop their movement. I hope they continue to concentrate on starting pitching, and I, I hope they uh, overspend to get it done because I think they got a chance to give Minnesota and Cleveland uh, a run for their money this year, this early, not 2021. You know, one thing I always noticed in the sport is every time I thought a team would win, um, like the White Sox, I normally would say, well, they'll be ready in 2021. But every time I did that to Houston or the Cubs uh, or Washington my whole career, they always do it the year before. And it was the same with my Reds team that I thought would win in 2001 right. and 99. It always happens a year early. So I think Bruce and Mike, I really think the White Sox have a chance to be that team in 2020. I'm pretty excited about where they are and where they're going. Jim, for a guy that loved athleticism more than any general manager I remember in history, and you certainly went after and retained the most athletic guys, I have one move that I'd like you to contemplate for the White Sox. If Tim Anderson was moved to center field or right field and the Chicago White Sox signed D.D. Gregorius to play shortstop, how much do you feel a move like that would escalate their ability to have better defense, more balanced offense, and a, a team that would be more competitive to win next year. So my uh, iPhone has this double red exclamation point. Mm-hmm. So what I would do with what you just said is verbally retweet it and then put up the double red exclamation. <laughs> <laughs> as far as why? Um, I just, again, there's another left-handed bat that you're adding to the lineup. You've mm-hmm. got a, a plus defender, at shortstop, a guy that's won. I think you can put Tim Anderson wherever you want to on the baseball field, and it's going to work out. So, yeah, I, I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. I, I will. I will tell you this: my preference is put all your money in starting pitching. Right. You know, I, I, you know, I think that's how you win is with pitching, and I would go pitching, 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 because I'm not so sure the White Sox can't win with what they have uh, in in the position in the position department. You're not going to hit the homers, maybe the Minnesota is. You're going to have a more up-and-down, consistent lineup. But I think this lineup has a chance to blow up, I mean, and just be just unbelievable. Um, and so, to me, let's pitch. Let's get, let's go. Let, let's get this rotation where it needs to be because that's going to be the difference maker for me. You know, I mean, what are the Twins going to run out there? Berrios, mm-hmm. Odorizzi went back. That's great. A lot of question marks after that. You bet. They might have some answers in house. A lot of question marks. And you look at Cleveland, you know, are they going to deal Kluber? That's what I keep hearing. If he's healthy, they're going to move him. You know, they got some young guys, Savali and Plesak, at the back of their rotation, right? So yep. they don't have as dominant one to five as they did two years ago. So I just kind of look at here. Here's a window. Let's, let's go jump at this thing and have the South Side be the most exciting Chicago team in 2020. Yeah, Jim, I think uh, Rick Hahn and uh, Kenny Williams and the White Sox brass are, are thinking along your lines, at least. Uh, you know, Bruce here is reporting that they're interested in Zach Wheeler. You, you, you expect uh, Robert to be their center fielder. Uh, at the start of the season, 
Uh, right field is a question mark, but starting pitching is the next thing on their thing. What, what what do you think? What do you make of the market for Zach Wheeler? And then, you know, Garrett Cole, Steven Strasburg, the big, big fish out there starting pitching wise. How do you feel that's all going to shake out? Yeah, so I, I don't think the White Sox get Cole or Strasburg. I think Strasburg goes back to Washington, bought a house there. He really wants to be there. And they just got to get north of David Price's money. And when they do that, they're going to get him back. That's what I think on that end. Um, Garrett Cole, I think, is Angels, Yankees, Dodgers, Giants. I don't think he goes to Chicago. So now that next group, um, you mentioned Wheeler. Wheeler's the most interesting free agent pitcher on the market because the analytics people absolutely love him. The analytics people will tell you that he's got huge upside, that he's never reached his potential, and the numbers say he'll do it over the next four years. And that's why he could get overpaid. I'm not in that boat. I'm not that. I'm I'm not that exaggerated. I I think there's a lot of health risk with with him that scares me. I think whoever signs him better make sure they do a complete MRI on the shoulder and elbow and make sure you really know what's going in there before you commit the kind of years and dollars that he's going to get. Remember, he's been involved in at least one, but I believe two trades with the deals were nicks when the when the Athenee club didn't like his medicals. So I'm not sure why that would change. Now he's been healthy. He's looked good the last two years. Doesn't look like a problem. But are you going to bet on the delivery? Or are you going to bet that the, the arm's going to hold up over four or five year period? And yeah, that, for twenty million a year, right? I, I'm walking away, so I'm just telling you where I'm at. Uh, there are people think he's going to get a hundred million. I have a more in the seventy five, eighty range. The Avaldi, the Michaelis, the Porcello. Like I'm more there for him. I'm not doing a hundred million on Wheeler, and I think I'd lose my job if I did that. So he's a difficult one. Um, I like Hunjin Ryu on a three-year deal, add, subtract. I, I like him on a team like the White Sox because uh, – and Madison Bumgarner, too, because the two of those guys can show the young guys how to pitch. You know, I, I love bringing those kind of guys into guys that have great arms. You know, when the Kopex and the Giolitos get to watch how they add, subtract, elevate, own the knees, expand, come back in, keep it out of the middle, uh, how they compete and stay in games like they both of those guys are capable of doing – I think that's a really good fit as well. But he, neither one of those guys has the upside that Wheeler has, so that's the, the, the contrast. Jim, in closing with you, Mike and I certainly appreciate your time as always and your expertise. Uh, really enjoy it on the MLB Radio Network all the time. Um, you have a situation where nobody knows what the baseball is going to be like. If you're a general manager of one of these 30 teams right now, are you pulling your hair out trying to decide – a, what your roster is going to be like if you're the Twins or the Yankees. Are you going to get 300 homers from your teams again? And more importantly, as you look for drafts and trading for young people, is launch angle going to be uh, something that you look at because of the fact that uh, the ball might be tamed down in 2020 and beyond? Yeah, well, look, I expect, number one, the ball is going to be tamed down. I felt like it was in the playoffs. And when I had the conversation with Commissioner Manford, uh, he said to me, well, there's not enough data to show it. Well, I mean, I don't need data. I sat the entire month of October watching right. playoff and World Series in the ballpark, and the balls that were flying out that I was calling in July, August, and September weren't going out in October. So I'm assuming, uh, despite what people think, that we had a bad batch this year. They figured it out, and by the time they got the October batch, it was back to somewhat normal. 
So I'm assuming it's normal. I know the owners weren't happy with it. They're going to pay a big price in arbitration and free agency because of this explosion. No, there's no arbitrator that's going to sit there and have compassion when you try to argue, well, he only hit 30 homers because the ball was lively. You know, you, you're going to throw that all you want from an arbitrator. They're not, going to, they're not going to go for that. So it's going to be costly. I'm assuming they're going to find a way to bring it back. Um, I'll, and, I, again, I can't build my team because I don't know for sure what the ball's going to do. But if I had to make a guess, that's what I'm going to do. But, again, I think what you have to concentrate as a GM, you don't have to worry about power anymore because everybody's got power. If you don't have power, he shouldn't be in your lineup. It's as simple as that. What you have to concentrate on is who can hit the best pitches, who can hit the four-seam fastball they're throwing at the top of the zone to avoid the launch angles, who can hit that pitch or foul that pitch off or take that pitch. Uh, You've got to have more concentration on hitters than you ever have before. Hitters, defense, um, obviously going to be critical because, as I said, the way the way everyone has adjusted their swings, with a lively ball or a little less lively ball, you're going to always get home runs from here on out. So the pitchers are all making adjustments to that. you got to make sure that you have a team filled with hitters that can hit the adjusted pitcher. Fantastic, Jim. Follow Jim on Twitter at Jim Bowden GM. Listen to him on the MLB Network next Sunday at the winter meetings all week long as well. Looking forward to seeing you there, my friend. Thanks for taking some time out with Mike and I today, okay? Yeah, always a pleasure to be with you and, and Bruce, uh, Bruce and Mike. And, and Bruce, I look forward to seeing you uh, a week from tomorrow. Absolutely. Have a great one. Take care. Thanks, Thanks Jim. Care. You too. Jim Bowden, MLB Radio Network. Uh, does a fantastic job on there. Great information, great entertainer, you know, yeah. uh, and uh, he is locked in. Uh, we will take a quick time out here. Uh, we're going to have Pat Hughes, a great broadcaster for the Cubs on 670 The Score and Cubs Baseball, joining us at the top of the hour, taking your calls at 312-644-6767. Text Mike at 670 We'll get to some of those texts, and don't forget to join the Score and Dos Equis today from 2 to 4 for a college football appearance at Jesse Oaks and Gages Lake. Watch the games, win score prizes, and enjoy Dos Equis. Dos Equis, keep it interessante. It's inside the clubhouse back after this. This segment brought to you by Amazon. Inside the clubhouse here on 670 The Score, he's Bruce Levine. I'm Mike Esposito, and we are back. Pat Hughes will join us after the top of the hour. Join the score in Dos Equis today from 2.30 to 4.30 for a college football appearance at Manny's Ale House in Elmhurst. Watch the games, win score prizes, and enjoy Dos Equis. Dos Equis, keep it interessante. Would you be just a little bit queasy if the Cubs continue to talk about trading Chris Bryant, or is that a... Hey, uh, the team tried to sign him to long-term deals for a number of years. There's two years left. That's the optimum amount of time uh, left on a contract where you get the most for a player. Thank you for your uh, you know, four years with the Chicago Cubs and helping us win a world championship and see you down the road. I remain queasy about trading Chris Bryant. Yes, I do. Because he's he's clearly one of your building blocks. He's clearly one of the best players in baseball. Now the argument could diverge either, you know, is he worth top five in all of baseball money, which I'm sure is what he's going to be gunning for that. I don't know. And do the Cubs want to pay it is the other question based on what their other payroll. Yeah, obligations there's are. a, there's a lot of unknowns. Hey, before we get to the break, let's uh, bring in Ron on the South side. Ron, welcome into inside the clubhouse. What, what do you got on your white socks today? 
hey, good morning, guys. You know, Bruce, the 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 the, the idea of moving Tim Anderson to, just in the field. So does that suggest that uh, you, you you're not confident? That Louis Roberts, from what we're hearing, is projected to be no, no, the opposite. A five-two player. So the opposite, I, the opposite, Ron. I think that having those type of athletic players in center and right field with the big arm of Anderson, who has as big an arm as anybody in baseball right now, would would only enhance their chances of being a great team. So, so you would you would look to move Roberts right field? No, no, I would, I would, I, I would, I would put Anderson in right. Okay, I mean, okay, he's got no, a right no. fielder's arm. The question is, do you mess with his head by telling him he's no longer a shortstop, or does it just relax him to the point where he continues on the road to becoming a Hall of Fame type hitter and a great outfielder because of the fact that he doesn't have the worry of playing that uh, that position that takes on a, a lot more than just a uh, thought process of seeing ball, running for ball, catching ball, throwing it back to the infield. Okay. Hey, Bruce, let me ask you real quick. Uh, Dallas Keuchel, I, I heard you mention Bumgarten, Zach Wheeler, anything uh, as far as um, Dallas Keuchel. Yeah, thanks, you know, uh, it's again, uh, and thank Ron, you, thanks. Yeah, happy holidays. Uh, Mike, it's a Boris client, you know. Um, eight and eight with Atlanta, a half a season, 370 ERA. Solid guy, a Burley-like pitcher. Would be a stable, you know, guy to bring into a young rotation. Not... Not necessarily someone like Wheeler that you could project as a, a two or a three, but certainly someone that'd be consistent in your rotation. I think the White Sox need two answers if they can, and they have the money to do it. Yep, and and we heard Jim Bowden just in our last segment mention Hyunjin Ryu from the Dodgers, free agent, Madison Bumgarner, free agent. Uh, he had questions about Wheeler, so uh, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. We'll also talk to Pat Hughes. We'll see how that plays out. That'll be a great time. Coming up right after this timeout, the Cubs play-by-play man uh, will join us here on Inside the Clubhouse on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.